Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it do? It's your boy Stunt Lifestyle, and you are watching the We in Miami podcast. And today is not a regular day, man. This might be the most special lit day we ever had on the podcast. It's the greatest honor to interview hip-hop royalty. The multi-platinum artist, songwriter, and producer received every award nomination from Billboard Music Awards to BET Hip-Hop Awards to Source Awards to MTV Music Video Awards to 12 Grammy nominations. We have with us tonight one of the greatest rappers of all time, the king of hip-hop, Busta Rhymes! Hold on, y'all gotta turn it up. Round of applause. We got Busta Rhymes in the building. How you feeling? Blessed, bro. And we also have some beautiful ladies in the building. Ladies, let me hear you say hey. Hey. Hey, but before we get into it, I got to ask y'all, where we at? Miami. We in Miami. Now, Buster, man, welcome to Miami. Second home, bro. So you live here, too? You might as well say that shit. You know what I mean? Like, this is like my favorite place in the whole planet. Mine too, I'm man. Always here, you know, but I ain't, I ain't technically here the way I want to settle in. Right. Wait a couple more years. My kids ain't ready to do the migration permanently yet. So. Right, right. I'm just sitting in a small fucker all the time. Facts. <laughs> now, when I heard she was coming, man, actually the queen of Miami, Trina, um, I told her you were coming. Yeah, that's family. And she told me to tell you this. Buster Rhymes is a legend, iconic. He's a gem to the culture. His style, his flow, he's a visionary, and I'm a huge fan of his artistry. He's also extremely humble, which I know him personally, and he's extremely respectful. Salute to the king. Hey, round of applause to Trina, man. Showing love. And also, I told Robin Thicke you were coming, and uh, he had a message for you, too. I recently interviewed him, and this is what he told me to tell you. He said, please tell Buster that Robin Thicke loves him and considers him a true friend. Buster was one of the first people to reach out to me when I was going through my separation and divorce to offer his support and brotherhood. I will always be grateful to him for being a real person who looks out for his friends. Shout out to that, man. Shout out to Robin Thicke, man. And for the people who have been sleeping on the rock who have not turned on your radio for the past 20 years or so, Buster Rhymes is the hottest, I'm just going to say the best rapper alive right now. Can we play a little snippet of the classics real quick? Can we take them back? Take them back. Take them back for a second. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. As long as you want, you know I got it. Now that you're tired, I hope your body be pooping because we're keeping you moving. That's what we're doing, and you know we're gonna. Classic. So banging, shorty like a belly dancer with it. Smell good, pretty skin, so gangster with it. No tricks, only diamonds under my sleeve. Give me the number, but make sure you hide them before you leave. Oh, this is my shit. Oh, this is my shit. 
some round shit. Give me some more. Yo, Slip, where the weed at? Give me some more. I know y'all niggas need that. Give me some more. Eat a horn, a sense of every day I was born. Never dream I see a nigga landscaping my lawn. When I step up in the place, we go for hours on this. Oh yeah, this is hard. Shut your mouth. Listen close. I had that one chick out. All of the girls are spread out, making my dick. Hits. Oh shit. I love that one. Hey. We getting a rap money. We getting rap money. Hits. Oh shit! Cut it, cut it, cut it! I can't. We we could go for hours. I can't play all his hits at one time. He got hours of hits. Before before we um before we move further, I got a big up Trina for her love and um. Her friendship is, 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 you know, I think like when you come up in different time periods, there's like a different aesthetic in how we deal with each other. Right. And I think a lot of the beautiful part about the friendships that I have with like a Robin Thicke and a, and a Trina is like in, in our time of um, being cool, with each other when we meet each other through the industry side of things. I think there was always like a, a an important part of meeting people where, you know, nobody ain't really ever wanna be just the industry friend or be labeled as the industry nigga or Facts. So we kind of really made a conscious effort to 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 become personally engaged with each other to to show that the, the friendship was genuine. And, um, you know, when you have the opportunity to actually be welcomed by another pair in this industry shit, and y'all could actually share, you know, moments that are personal moments, I think that's where, like, you get the opportunity to prove how genuine you are, not only as a friend, but you get to, you get to, you get the opportunity to receive that. Facts in return from those same peers. And I think that the, the the beautiful part about hearing them say that is, you know, I have a bunch of just dope memories of personal moments with both of them that was just friend moments. It wasn't about us doing no song and it wasn't about us at a show, you know, like we had each other's numbers, we could call each other and talk about shit that wasn't necessarily music relevant shit. Thanks. And um so hearing them say that it's like you could do, you you know that it's coming from a a real from a place of love. It's a, it's a really genuine loving place that it's coming from and that shit is like super appreciated and I I just want them both to know that I love them very much. Thanks man. Round of applause Buster, man. For real. 
Do you think, like, the culture has changed in this new generation, though? Do you think it's not the same amount of love that it was? Nah, nah. I think the love ain't changed at all. I think it's just expressed differently. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that, like like I was saying, in different time periods, you know, the pairs that come up with each other, they rock with each other in that way. Right. You know, I think, you know, the, the, the MCs now that's fucking with each other, they came up together. It's the same shit like school. When you, you in elementary school, the motherfuckers you grew up with then... Y'all go to junior high school, y'all go to high school together, y'all keep that same camaraderie, you know right. what I'm saying? And speaking of that, I, I heard that you actually went to school with Jay-Z and Biggie Smalls. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to school with Special Ed and the Fushnikins, too. Wow. And um, I, went to Fushnik- I went to school with Special Ed and Fushnikins at a school called Tilden High School in Brooklyn. And then I went to George Westinghouse Technical and Vocational High School with Biggie and Jay-Z. Wow. And um, were y'all like doing music in the hallway together and beating on the lockers or like Hove was rhyming. Me and him battled in school. Biggie wasn't really rhyming, but Biggie was he was rhyming, but he just wasn't doing it in school like that. Right. And um Special Ed was the hot motherfucker at the time because he was like the first one to put a record out before. Right. Before all of us. So Ed was a superstar in school. And um did you think Jay-Z would be, like, where he is today, like, thinking back from high school, did you know, like, he would, like, end up being on this level today? I don't think anybody could know that you're going to be at the level that you see them on today. At that time, we we, we was all humble beginnings, and we was right. just trying to find our way in this shit. The one thing that I can say about Jay was even in school, he, he, was, he was fresh. He was always fly. He was always clean. He was always, you know, he always got to the money, and... You know, he, he moved smart, right. you know, and, and, you know, you, you was able to see that. So, you know, Hove always was, was, was the type of motherfucker that would get to it. Right. You know, and it, whether it was rap shit or it was, it was outside of rap shit, he, he got to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you saw that. And Biggie was the same way. Biggie was just, you know, we was all the same way because... When none of us was being successful as rap dudes, we got to it in other ways. Right. And, you know, we was all um, in our own way exemplifying the fact that we was getting to it. Right. But um, And you started off independently. No, 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 no. When I first got on with Leaders of the New School, we got a deal at a major record company and through Dante Ross, who was, um, he signed us at the time as... He's a legend in the in the in the culture of hip hop, and he's also a legend from the corporate side because he'd been signing motherfuckers that became legends before leaders. He signed right. Soul. I think he was responsible for signing Latifah. So he saw the talent before no one else did. Well, Dante was outside, and he was in the events where you would. It was like a a scout for basketball athletes the motherfucker was going to the like how the athletes would go to the aau games and you see artists from young that athletes from young that get busy and you keep your eye on them until they're eligible enough for you to draft them into the nba you follow them from aau all the way through college and then when they become eligible for them to be drafted you going after them as you want to be the one that discovered this motherfucker because you've been a part of the journey as they grew now was this Dante, before Dante was one of those right. to answer your question. He was always he was in the studio sessions. 
he was at the clubs. And I think what made Dante special was that he understood the responsibility of not just loving the music as a fan and as a true supporter and someone that was really, really embedded in the culture. But he also was a producer, so he knew the music. He had to get some dope shit. Like he knew what was dope. He knew what was suspect. He knew what could be what could be developed. And I also think Dante came from a time where developing an artist was important. Right. Like that shit ain't what it, that's that don't exist now. You know, it's no development anymore. Nah, because what it is is it's all social media and shit. Yeah, if a motherfucker ain't doing his numbers algorithmically. You ain't even interested in a motherfucker. So it's almost like right. the artist got to develop himself and get it popping before anybody is even willing to risk their job. Right. You know, and the unfortunate part about that is, you you know, you don't know how many Biggies and Pox and Buster Rhymes and M&Ms that you might walk past. Right. It's so many talented they, guys out here, man, out here in the streets that got all the talent, but they just... Man, I had the opportunity. I knew what to do with it. You know just, what I'm saying? They just don't got the algorithm. Yeah, like you got to have the algorithm. Motherfuckers know how to make their records. Yeah. They know how to be talented. <laughs> they know how to be incredible live performers. They know how to articulate themselves in interviews. They know how to light the room up because they understand this, the value of their star quality. But people will disregard that if they ain't got a bunch of algorithm activity. And that's unfortunate. And you know, one thing about Buster, man, is he was an innovator with his style on your videos. He has the best music videos in hip hop. He always was dressed crazy, always was on the latest technology, always was lit. Like, do you think you like inspired Eminem and, you know, a lot of other similar videos that started coming out around the time when you were doing all your real creative videos? You think you inspired that generation? That's without question. I've 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 inspired and fathered a lot of artists and and a lot of waves and a lot of generations. And I think that um, the beautiful part about it is that I'm also inspired by not just the shit before me, but I'm inspired by the shit that I respectfully compete with from my same era and the shit that's happening after me. Right. Even if they're not doing the shit that I inspired them to do, sometimes motherfuckers dope enough to you know, find their own way and do some shit that I never would have thought about. That's just right. dope as hell to me. Right. And I look at that shit and I'll say, all right, you making me feel like I need to step my shit up because if I don't, you know, little fish might come for the big fish. Right. Because it's always a respectfully, we always, are, we're always respectfully competing with each other. And I, I don't, I don't think. Competition can be good. Nah, keep you, keep you hungry a little bit, right? Is the, the best part of it. You know what I mean? Like the whole culture was was created on being competitive. You know, you didn't break dance to be the weakest break dancer. You didn't fucking rap to be the weakest rapper. Right. You didn't DJ to be the weakest DJ. You didn't do none of this shit to be the wackest one. So the competition is part of the root of what's embedded in the the the, the fabric of what hip hop culture has been birthed on. And I think that a lot of that was because, you know, so much gangster shit was going on prior to the inception of hip hop that motherfuckers created hip hop to find a way to redirect and channel the negative energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, let me ask you this. As Busta Rhymes being one of the greatest hip hop legends of all time, besides yourself, who would you say is the 
best rapper alive. Would you say Eminem is the best rapper alive? He's definitely one of them. I don't give a fuck what nobody said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Eminem is, is one of the most surgical MCs that have the touch and grace of microphone. Royce the 5'9 is another one. Kendrick is another one. Andre 3000 is another one. Shout um, out to Andre. Jay Cole, incredible. Um, Black <laughs> Kim is incredible. Slick Rick is phenomenal. KRS-One is incredible. Big Daddy Kane is incredible. Chuck D is incredible. Facts. I think that I think I think the Migos individually and collectively is incredible. Rest in peace to take off. R.I.P. Takeoff. I believe and feel strongly about Rock Marciano is one of my favorite MCs to ever touch a microphone. Mm. Rodiga to this day is my favorite female MC to ever touch a microphone. Mm. Scarlip is one of my favorite newest MCs to touch a microphone. Mm. Um Lauren Hill is one of the most incredible females to touch a microphone. I love Lauren Rhapsody Hill. is one of the most incredible females to ever touch a microphone. I love Snoop Dogg. I, I love think, Snoop. I think Snoop Dogg spills like water. Love Snoop. You know, he could adjust. He's swift and changeable. That's why he's super remainable. I got a big up Griselda. I think that Conway and Benny the Butcher in West Side Gun is extremely talented to me. Mm. Conway is definitely one that he cuts deep into my soul whenever I hear him spit. Did you have a close relationship with DMX before he passed away? Were y'all cool? See, this was the thing. I was getting ready to get into the ones who passed away. You asked me about alive. the MCs still alive. Yeah. Passed away, man, there's so many. Damn. Yeah, but my favorites who passed away is 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 DMX. DMX. B.I.G. Big. It's Pop. Pop. It's um I love them, man. It's it's a hard choice. If I had to choose between Biggie and Pac, I don't know who I would say is is I mean, was the most I'm a, legendary. I'm gonna tell you that Biggie was the better MC, technically. So you think Biggie was better than Tupac? I don't think so. I know so. Mm. Can we get a bomb on that? <laughs> now, 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 what I'm gonna say about Pac in reference to his his better asset compared to Big is Pac. His passion and his conviction was 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 scary, right? And I don't think that there was a better MC than him when it came to expressing his passion and his conviction, right? Because Pac will make you cry, probably better than any MC or more than any MC. Pac will make you want to go out there and create a civil war, mm. better than MC any MC to me. I cried on the Dear Mama song. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like one day I cried about it. Pac, Pac, he knows how to evoke emotion in a way that I don't know if there's another MC that has been able to do it at the level that he has done it. So that's why he's a favorite as an MC to me because there's different assets. In order to just be the greatest motherfucker overall, you have to kind of embody all of that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um. But you know, a lot of these MCs, they they didn't like dance like you and like do the videos like you. That's what made you like the way you dance and the outfits and the hats. Like they wasn't doing that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. My 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 asset was being able to give people energy and perform at a level that a lot of people wasn't comfortable within themselves to 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 share in that way. I, I like to laugh at shit and I like to find the humor and shit. And I always thought that. You know, 
a lot of the toughest small fuckers in the world was funny. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of the dudes that I grew around that was actually the, the, the terrorists in the neighborhood, they was funny and right. they had incredible sense of senses of humor. And I think you noticed that same Like they'll joke about five. you before they kill you. They'll do a joke with you. It, it, would, be, it would be a lot of that. Even if it didn't lead to a, a, a you getting killed situation. Right. They just love to be jokesters and and be funny, and I think that 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 was kind of like a lot of the way that they escaped the dark shit that they was living. Right. You know, I think the same shit was exemplified in a lot of the the gangster films that we watched. Like if you see, you remember Scarface. You know, my favorite movie. Al Pacino was funny as a motherfucker. Right. Hey, Pelican, Pelican. Yeah, he's super like, funny. He, he was just a funny motherfucker. Then, right. You know, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. He was mad funny. You right. know, and most of the time in these films, even though it was not really about the the the, the comic, I think it was like they showed these different sides of the gangster to humanize them. Right. And. You know, I'm never really one that was raised around gangsters that made it cool for you to go out here and advocate that you are a gangster. And I'm not saying that I am one. Right. But I'm saying, you know, as a man, you know, I was raised around men from a time where the old-fashioned man and the 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 the, the proud masculinity of a man was to actually steer you away from trying to get in trouble. Right. And it was never something that was really endorsed or co-signed for you to go out there and be an advocate of being on no gangster shit, right? Incriminating yourself. But did people hate on you like when you first started and you were doing the dance and nah, you nah, were nah, doing nah, that? Nah. Like, did they like, "Yo, Buster, chill out with that. That's not gangster enough." No, nah, I didn't have that problem. I didn't have that problem. I actually was loved for it, right? You know what I'm saying? And that's why I kept doing it, and I loved doing it, and I just had um, I had a great time just enjoying myself doing the shit that I love to do. It kind of didn't really matter if other motherfuckers was with it or not. Mm -hmm. I was having a good time in the moment. And they don't make videos like they used to no more. I mean, the new videos be dope, but the way they used to have a million dollar budgets, you know, like these crazy like productions like Hype Williams and all of these like classic videos, you don't see those like that anymore. It don't make sense to see it like that no more. Who the <laughs> fuck wants to spend millions of dollars on budgets for videos when they paying you a fraction of a penny on a stream? Mm. That shit ain't economically smart, but at the end of the day, too, technology is advanced in a way where you ain't got to spend that kind of bread to get that production value. Right, you can do it on your iPhone now. Nah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Not on the Buster Rhymes. Yeah, not on the Buster Rhymes. You know what I'm saying? But what I am saying is that there is people that are doing incredible visuals that right. don't got to spend a million dollars to do it. How do you feel about that pay rate, that, that streaming pay rate? Who was that? Someone has spoke out recently about that. Was that Snoop? Yeah, I believe so. I'm with Snoop. A billion streams doesn't even equal a million dollars. I mean, How do you feel about that? I, there really isn't nothing to feel about it. I think I think we can all agree that if anybody was asked to provide a service when it comes to business or employment and you were being told that you was getting paid a fraction of a penny, with that current that currency doesn't actually exist in any economic infrastructure in the whole fucking planet, what do you actually call the currency of a fraction of a penny? There's no name for that. <laughs> so... How do you even negotiate right. with someone? Fuck negotiating. How do you even wrap your head around the concept? Right. What do you what do you think would be fair? Like a penny? I mean, I don't think that we've ever gotten what was fair technically. Yeah. But thanks. what I what I did appreciate about the way it used to be 
is that um, if you was getting 20, 25 cents off a dollar, you knew that that was a real currency that existed in the economic infrastructure. It's a real amount. You could base your math, and you can either agree to that math or not agree to that math because you understand there's a math, even if it's fair or unfair, that you make a decision on. Right. But what's a fraction of a fucking penny? You don't, I don't, that doesn't know, even mean I don't, anything. Yeah, I don't think anyone really knows how to quantify that into what a value of that really means, especially if you had no say-so in the metrics. Right. You, you, you know, you ain't got no fucking say-so on how. <laughs> how, do, how do y'all even come to this math? Right. What do you call... How do you say that to a motherfucker? Like, yo, you'll be getting a <laughs> like, fraction of a penny like, on your new you project. Like, um, how do you, you got a billion streams, so that equals uh, 25,000. Here you go. <laughs> like, what? It's, 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 it's really mind-blowing when you think about it. So, like, for me, and the way I do business now, you know, my, my, my approach in negotiating business is a lot different because of the way they want to play different. Game so different now, man. Yeah, I think I think that speaks to a lot of why um you know they try to keep the newest artists and the youngest artists. They push them the hardest. The most, the most like they 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 put them on the the pedestal of success because they they understand. They just hungry. They don't care. Yeah, I think it's 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 like every other situation. You know, the the, the predator gonna prey on the naive. Right. You know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, they're not even gonna come to you with some of them deals. They I mean, wouldn't even consider it. I, I don't think that that you 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 can't really try to approach us in the same way. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about my whole alumni. You know me, right. Snoop. You know J, M, Fifty, Fat Joe. Like our alumni, we 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 we've been through it. We know better. We smart. I think the challenging part, though, for a lot of these um these businessmen and women and executives in the position of power, you know, they just got to understand that at some point, y'all got to find the happy medium because, you know, our alumni, our alumni ain't going away. If Thanks. anything, we're becoming more and more incredible and more and more fly and more and more successful. And we're finding out so many other ways to get it. Right. You know, even outside of the music. And I think that it all comes back and trickles back into the music. Facts. And it allows us to to be able to have these legacies and these careers so many years later where motherfuckers can't even explain how this motherfucker gets so hot again 30 years after the fact. Right. You know, damn. Like, it's not many it, people that can stay relevant and hot. 30 years, you know what I'm saying? And that's one thing you have done, man. Like, just. It ain't just me. It ain't just. It's the alumni. Fat Joe been around for 30 years. He he on fire right now, crazy. Facts. Hove on fire, crazy. Right. Uh, uh, Snoop on fire, crazy. Right. We we, we all 30 years. It's just like those classic artists that never get old, you always want to hear from. And, you know, speaking of Fat Joe, he said that. um, his advice to people who want to be a rapper, aspiring rappers, to get a job. What's your view on aspiring rappers? Like, what, what what advice would you give them? Do you agree with Fat Joe? Like, get a job first. Yeah, I agree with when you get to the age where you think that you're a man, 
and I think that there's a misconception between man and, and, and legal adult, right? Right. So legal adult is when you 18, and then you legally drink it when you 21. That don't mean you a man, though. Right. So you got to really make a, you got to come to terms with a certain reality when it's about perspective in life. If you got your shit together as a man at 18, 21. Then you a man. You a man. And you could, <laughs> you could live it and you could be it and you ain't got to ask your parents for shit. Then you a man. Right. Like Tariq on Ghost, like like on Ghost, he he's a man now. He's running around killing people, getting money, doing crazy shit. Not saying that's cool, kids, but that nigga's a man. Like I seen him go. <laughs> but if you if you if you aren't eighteen and if you are eighteen and twenty one and you still need your parents for shit, then you gotta adhere to that, and you gotta you gotta submit to that, and you gotta be respectful of your reality, and you gotta move accordingly. So, if you are providing yourself and you are an aspiring artist and you 18, 21 years old, and you paying, you got overhead that you gotta be responsible for finding the bread for every 30 days. Right. You know, them bill collectors don't give a fuck. They want their money every they day. They want their money every 30 days. Rent, mortgage, you gotta cut a check. electric, water, whatever the shit is, you gotta find it. So if you're an aspiring artist and you ain't got your you know, revenue coming, then you gotta get a job. So I'm with Joe Crack on that. Right, facts. That don't mean that, don't mean that you, you compromise your passion for what you want to do as an artist. You still artist. work on your dreams. You got to go yeah. and bust your ass in the studio, but you got to be responsible and go to work and have that that stable income so you, you, you don't end up on the street homeless. You support your goals. Facts. You got to support your goals because mm -hmm. if you don't do it and no one else doing it, That's you're going to end up on the street. That's a fact. Now, weeks ago, Swiss Beats made an announcement that you have a new music project coming out that everybody been buzzing about. Um, you got Swiss Beats on it, you got Pharrell on it, Timberland. Is this true? Is Busta finna come back with this classic album with all the best producers on it? Yeah, first of all, they didn't just produce, but, but Swiss and Timberland and Pharrell and myself is executive producing the new album. Uh, and this will be your 11th studio album. I believe so. <laughs> Round of applause to that. Nah, let me let me let me count. So as as far as my solo albums, it's the coming, it's when disaster strikes, it's extinction level event, anarchy, Genesis, it ain't safe no more. The Big Bang, back on my bullshit. I love that album. Extinction level event two, and then this one. So it's ten albums. Mm. It's not eleven solo albums yet. But if you want to count like the flip mode album, you want to count the two leaders of the new school albums. You know, we passed 11 albums, but again, if it's just my solo albums, this would Ten. be the 10th one. Damn. Yeah. Do we expect any features on it? You could actually expect to have your expectations superseded. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, can't wait on that. Because, I mean, you know, Buster's known for some of the most legendary um, song features, you know what I'm saying, from Mariah Carey to, you know, Janet Jackson to Mary J. Blige to everyone you can think of. So... Like, I, I can't wait to, to hear who, who you have on there. And recently you did a concert with Janet. Yeah. That at was, Madison that Square was, Garden. I didn't do a concert with her. It was her concert. And super huge big up to Janet because she sold out two nights at Madison Square Garden and she hasn't dropped a new record in some time. Wow. Round of applause to Janet. Big up to Janet. I love Janet. One of the most incredible sources of inspiration. Friend. Brilliant minds, creative genius, one of the most incredible human beings to look at. 
physically. Wow. She's so beautiful. Isn't she? Her soul is incredibly beautiful. Her, just the way she, her whole, her whole thing, everything about her to me is, is incredible. And it's been that kind of effect she's had on me since, you know, we was shorties. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody that is from the similar age group, you know, we've been watching her from good times, different strokes and shit. Right. You know, but what I'm saying is, you know, she she blessed me with a, a very magical moment of being able to be a part of that second night of her sold out concert at Madison Square Garden while we're celebrating the uh, 25. This is the 25th anniversary of Extinction Level event. But the official, it, it officially turns 25 on December 15th. Wow, that's crazy. So we're, we're currently celebrating the 25-year anniversary of when disaster strikes. Mm. That turns 26 on September 16th. Wow. Interestingly, the Flip Mode album turns 25 on September 22nd. So, Wow, right there. Me and my brother Spliff Star, who's in the room with me. Shout out to Spliff Star. Round of applause, Spliff Star. Where you at? What up, gang? Yeah, we we gonna be celebrating the twenty five year anniversary of that, and uh, me and Spliff is also releasing a a project that we did together that is incredible. It's, How long have you and Spliff known each other? They like thirty six, thirty seven years. Damn, that's day that's day one for real. No, 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 no. Think longer than that because um, I Spliff when I was seven, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I would say probably a little longer than that. But um, yeah, me and Spliff got this incredible project that he, you know, he thought that we should do together. And he actually is executive producing it with me. We partnered up as business partners on it. It's coming out on both of our record companies together, Paper Rock Entertainment, the Conglomerate Entertainment. Oh, that's going to be Paper fire. Rock Records, rather. Conglomerate Entertainment. That's coming after I dropped this album. It's coming right before we um, start celebrating the 25-year anniversary of the Flip Mode album. That's and, fine. Um, and you guys got a tour coming up, too. Yeah, we're going we gonna to go out there and fuck the planet up. on going on tour with 50 Cent, right? 50 Cent. Hey, uh, my, my shout out to the time. tour with 50 Cent. I think 50 said this was going to be his last tour. Is that true? I don't know, but I mean, that's what it's, you know, he said it's the final lap. So, you know, until the homie says something differently, I guess that's how we got to look at it. And that's how we got to treat it. So so who all will be on the tour with you and 50? It's just me and Jeremiah and Spliff Star, Scratch It On, 50 Cent, and Yayo and Uncle Murder and fucking, um, I mean, you know, it's... it's it, I want to see a new record uh, with Busta and 50, too. That'll be lit. I mean, Busta you know. Busta 50 record. Anything can happen when, <laughs> when, when I'm, in, especially when me and Fifth, because we, we, you know, we, we love what we do. And we, 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 I don't think there's, I can't foresee us officially ever saying we're going to stop doing this shit. We might change the dynamic of how we feel, you know, our obligation needs to be applied to doing it, but you never know, man. It's like, I think we the first generation of motherfuckers in this hip hop shit that the world is ever gonna see because hip hop is only celebrating 50 years old, but you know Wow, I think, that's I think, crazy how new hip hop is when you really think about it. Yeah, 50 it, years it, is not it, a long time. Oh shit! 
You know what I mean? And I think I think that a lot of the times people don't realize that we're gonna be the first ones that y'all gonna see that's like the ones that become the James Browns of this shit. Right. And the Mick Jaggers of this shit and the fucking Rolling Stones of this shit. Like we're gonna be the first ones to become that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I I also don't think that I don't think that the, the culture has ever seen this many successful motherfuckers in our age group, neither. Never. Like from our alumni and still active and still get busy and still a bust every and anybody ass if that's ever the call of duty. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be on a collab on a record or it's on a stage at a live show or it's just when we step in the room and, you know, the drip is so disrespectful that the fucking plumbers is calling a strike. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Facts. So I just think that just the, the, the total embodiment of living this hip hop shit and loving it and still being passionate about it, I think that's the driving force of, you know, what, what makes motherfuckers wake up every day and feel excited about doing it. So yeah, I don't think we, I don't think anybody, until you hear from somebody's mouth right. that they done. They not done. I don't think they done. I hope everybody complete their journey the way they need to complete it, because I'm a motherfucking complete mind. Right. Round of applause for that, man. With that being said, <laughs> Buster Rhymes got a shake. But I'm going to leave you with this. Album title coming soon. Album release date coming soon. Single release date coming soon. Videos coming soon. Collab mentions coming soon. And the most incredible tour with Buster Rhymes, with 50 Cent, Buster Rhymes, and Jen Jeremiah. Y'all already know the announcement is official. We're going to fuck the whole world up. Yes. I think hey, right now, get it. The, 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 the most beautiful part about that, in addition to the many incredible things that's been happening with us, because it's been nonstop beautiful for us since the Grammys of 2023. Even last year, we're going on the road with Wu and Nas and us being able to curate these incredible Dave and Buster events for me and Dave Chappelle. Yeah, you went on tour with Dave Chappelle. Like, that's crazy. I love Dave Chappelle. It's, it's been incredible, and, you know. <laughs> You know, everything from the Grammys to selling out Carnegie Hall and with the financial the financial literacy program that was set up with the uh, Earn Your Leisure Brothers and, you know, just everybody that was involved with that. The incredible opportunity we had, the Sledgehammer, the Lovers and Friends Festival. And oh, yeah, that was Pharrell lit. Well, blessing us to come out there and smash something in the Water Festival and Big up to Mary J. Blige with allowing us to come out there and smash the strength of a woman festival that she puts together annually. Janet Jackson, again, letting us have our moment finally for the first time after 25 years. Right. Since we recorded the song in 1998 and never performed it until that moment. Wow. That was the first time? Wow. Yeah, that was the first time. It's That's just, crazy. It's just been a magical, magical ride this entire year. And, you know, I just want everybody to look forward to the unprecedented level of amazingness that this shit is about to get to because it's going to get crazier and more and more amazing and more and more beautiful. And cheers to that. Cheers to that. I want to ask you, Buster, one last question. Just curious. Favorite feature, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, or Janet Jackson between the three? Interestingly, I got many collabs with Mary. Right. I have one with Janet. I have a couple with Mariah. I'm going to tell you this. I don't have a favorite song, but I have favorite moments with them because I have multiple moments with them except with Janet. 
the Janet moment, we can't even discuss that. Why not? That's, that's one of the most incredible moments to ever happen, not only to me, but I think in hip hop, because I'm the first hip hop artist she ever collabed with. Wow. So that's, that's like some shit that is dream come true shit to this day. You made history. My favorite song that I've recorded with Mary to me is my latest song that I've recorded with her on the Extinction Level Event 2 album called You Will Never Find Another Me. Mm. My favorite song with Mariah is the one that I did with Flip Mode called I Know What You Want. Love that record. So even though I have other moments with them, those are my three currently favorite moments. And you know, that could change. That, that subject to change between now and the next time yeah. I pull up. Because I'm never gonna stop working with them if the opportunity presents itself. So if we make some shit that I'll do all of the shit that we already did, then I'm pulling up telling you a whole new favorite batch of shit that I done did with them. Right. You know is it hard though? Last question. Is it hard to work liar. with some of these artists? You're a liar. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> no, no. Last we, question, last time. No, 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 it's pertaining to the same <laughs> question. <laughs> nah, we out, we out. Who put together the list of the songs you put together when you first started the show? I did. I'm your number one fan. I put that together. I was up all night. Hey, man, can we give a wrong round of applause to the one and only, the greatest rapper alive, Busta Rhymes? Listen, man, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come by. It means so much to us. And I want to thank you, lovely ladies. But y'all want to say bye to Busta real quick? Bye, Busta. Is it too late? Can they slip you their phone number? Is Busta single? You got an old lady, Buster? Buster, I would love to give you. I got a beautiful you. queen for sure. We didn't even see the outfits. Can y'all stand up real quick? Show, show Buster your outfits before you get out here. Put the music on. Stand up, ladies. Let's stand up. Come on. Let Buster see what's up in Miami. Stand up. Don't be shy. Damn. We in Miami. Good troublemaking ass. You like that, Buster? Buster, Buster. Damn. Y'all do look amazing. Round of applause to these lovely ladies, man. But guys, make sure y'all check out for Buster's tour, new project. Make sure y'all final lap. Get with your die trying. Twenty years later, Buster Rhymes, Jeremiah. We're gonna have a good time. Make sure y'all cancel whatever plans y'all got going on from now until the end of the year. Facts. Definitely doing a tour all the way to the end of December. Six months, we're gonna be on the road. Wow. Damn near ninety shows. Wow. Over half a million, six hundred thousand tickets sold already. Wow. It's 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 it's, it's an incredible situation. Can't wait for that. And guys, before we get out of here, I gotta ask y'all, where we at? We in Miami. We in Miami with the bus up, bus up, bus up, bus. Miami.